All righty. Mm, welcome to this, uh, this now moment where we have Brandon and Becca here with us today. And before we get started in this episode, I wanted to share my gratitude for Brandon and how even how do how did we even come here in this now moment? And how it started was I got a direct message from Brandon or someone with Brandon's account and you had shared about the miracles or one of the courses that you had been working on and I remember just how excited that message made me feel and it allowed me to follow you and to really kind of see all the amazing things that you're doing for this new earth and and now we're here I get to host you on an amazing episode and and to to dive in and speak directly to you and hear like all the amazing things that you're doing so thank you for that message thank you for this now moment and I'm excited to dive in (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. I'm excited to be here. Mm, So, so good. All right. So before we get started, I would love to just ground in together, kind of create some sounds and see, see where this goes. And so if we could just come into this now moment, gently closing our eyes, allowing ourselves to let go of anything that is no longer serving us right here, right now. And when you're ready, let's take a couple deep breaths together, inhaling through your nose, exhaling, inhaling, exhaling, inhaling, exhaling. to move through you, to create the awareness for this space, for this conversation in this now moment, allowing yourself to be more of this love and light and peace that you are embodying right here, right now. And when you're ready, coming back into this now moment, creating the space and gently opening your eyes. Ah, and here we are right now. And so, Brandon, the first question that comes to mind is kind of, how did you get here helping create New Earth? Where did this journey of Brandon, how did it start and where it's unfolded right here, right now? Mm -hmm. So I'll be as concise as I can because, because. I um, was very depressed in college and very directionless and grew up with this uh, 
feeling that our school system and world is really set up in a very strange way um, that I just don't see people uh, happy, you know, and fulfilled. And so I, I had this, and I had that since I it was the youngest that I could remember. And um, it all kind of accumulated in college where I was just doing what I was told uh, to do. And like, what, what's the blueprint of a, you know, uh, pursuing the American dream, which by the way, pursuing anything we know just make creates more pursuing. So here I am pursuing, pursuing. And uh, eventually I find network marketing uh, like MLM and I go, oh, this is something where I can create uh, income, community, share inspiration. I'm going to do this. And I dropped out of college and I went full, full blown. And I did fairly well. And I ultimately got to a place where all of my unintegrated uh, trauma that I didn't, I wasn't aware of was manifesting itself as um, using steroids, uh, partying, smoking, drinking, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, um, using sex as a way of escape and coping um, and just, you know, making a residual income, but blowing all of it per perpetually, you know? So here I am sitting on a couch one day and I'm just zooming out, looking at my life. Like this is not the trajectory that I, I'm, I'm, I want to go down. This does not feel like m my essential self because throughout the entire process, I'm meditating, I'm tuning into you know, the audiobooks and the books and, you know, Deepak Chopra and Bashar and all these different teachers, but it's just not translating into embodiment into, uh, you know, like a conviction of experience. So I get to a point where I say, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to walk away from anything that is not my highest excitement. That is not me. And I walked away from the, um, business, I went celibate for six months. I stopped eating the way I was eating. I essentially did the opposite of everything that I was doing. And one of those things included putting an email list out or putting a newsletter out, which I had never done before. And I put a newsletter out one day and it ended up landing in the inbox of a woman moments before she was going to kill herself. And I did not know her. She didn't necessarily know me from social media. And she's in her car, in a parking lot, gazing out at the ocean, with a handful of sleeping pills and she was going to take the pills, go into the ocean, go to sleep. So she's sitting there and she's a renowned medium um, in Australia. So her guides come in and say, Hey, before you take those pills, turn the radio on. And she turned the radio on and a song played and word for word, the song, the song said, you should stay a little bit longer. So she stayed. And then in the next moment, got my email, my newsletter, that was entitled, I'm excited to die. And it was this catchy way of me saying, you know, when we die, we leave behind the guilt, shame, worry, blame, but we don't have to die to experience what the other side could be like now. So here are some things you could do to, to feel better. And uh, she responded to me and said, I want you to coach me. And I said, I don't know what that is. So why don't we just get on a call and I'll see if I can help. And I got, we got on a call and looking back, it was like, I was truly in this Buddha mind state of, well, I'm not a coach. So I have no expectation or definition of how this interaction needs to go. So I'm just going to say what comes up authentically. And it was, I just let myself be present with her. Cause I didn't learn 
any other way to be. It was like the, the ignorant, ign- like the ignorant part of me was just like, okay, I'm just going to like innocently, you know, be here. And she had such a profound transformation as did I on that call. And I left that call going, okay, this feels like me, you know? So then over the next six months, you know, her, her life completely changed. She changed careers. She lost weight. She started dating again after 10 years. She healed a relationship with her dad that was uh, uh, from childhood abuse where they started to be able to see each other and have tea once a week. And uh, her life completely changed and mine changed. I started seeking coaches and support and deepening into the inquiry. Why do I have all of this knowledge, but it's not translating into my, my way of being. And I really focused on then there, you know, what, what's in the way. And I found that it's, it's our unconscious mind, you know, it's our unconscious beliefs. It's our unquestioned mind. And so it really led me deep into the path of self-inquiry and that took me deeper into the world or the philosophy of, of non, non-duality, non-dualism. And ultimately, um, my experience of healing and transformation led to a body of work that I call now the 13, which is an accumulation of the last five years of inquiry uh, with myself, with now probably a little over a thousand uh, clients and members of our retreats. And, and that's, that's where I am now. Wow. I'm just like everything you were sharing. I'm like, I'm getting goosebumps because it just feels so amazing that you could just change yourself and the power of changing ourselves and then creating that space, you know, for another, like, wow, like that's like so empowering. And so now, like, as you have built, you know, what you have built, like, where does this go to help the the new earth that is the now, right? That that all these things that are crumbling, this American dream that we once thought was an American dream is now maybe not that, you know? And so what things are you working behind the scenes to to help bring that into fruition? Like what specific projects? Yeah, specific, um, specific projects and other, yeah, other things that, kind of come to mind with that. Right. Yeah. So I'll name the projects in a moment. Each project has something in common, and that is the intention of the project, as well as where the project ultimately leads the individual to is back to themselves. And so when we say myself, often people are referring to their body. And there's this quote in A Course in Miracles that says, I am subject to the laws in which uh, I am subject to the laws of the world in which I identify with. So the laws of the physical world alone are separateness, finiteness, pain and suffering. So what's the new earth? The new earth isn't necessarily anything new. It's new as an experience because most of us don't experience ourselves. We experience the identity that we've crafted that's based in separation. And hence why we create a world outside of us that we would decimate at this at the expense of attempting to feel united with ourselves. You know, that's what consumerism is. I'm gonna take this in so I can feel more complete. 
not realizing the act itself veils my completeness that I am. I am. So everything that I do is whether it's the shows, I have a couple of shows on conscious streaming services where we look at different, you could say kind of like red pill subjects or just highly polarized subjects. Um, we do that to use that as a doorway back to the self. Mm -hmm. Okay, when my attention is focused on this thing in the world or this thing in the world, you know, I default into stress and anxiety. That's another way of saying my separate self. So we actually bring those to the surface to then go and question the identity that is brought to the surface from the catalyst of form. So whether it's a show speaking about sub different subjects or conspiracy, it's, or it's a, a course to teach the mechanics of self-inquiry, um, it's all based in that inquiry, the inquiry of the self, because whether we know it or not, that's what we're looking for. Go, no, I'm looking for safety. I'm looking for security. I'm looking for abundance. I'm looking for this. We're describing ourself absent of our conditioning so everything i do is geared towards guiding people into a direct experience of their self mm. oh, i love that so so much and becca i want to open it up to you to see if there's anything that you're feeling that is coming up with with all these amazing things yeah i mean first of all i have gratitude so much Brandon for the way you're navigating souls back to themselves the I am presence of the oneness the unity and I want to actually dive more deeply into this conversation of non-duality and also self-inquiry um, we also with an ocean collective our mission is unity consciousness reflecting back the divinity and the self already so it's essentially looking at, you know, within the spiritual worlds, my exploration was pursuing the spiritual ego until I discovered inquiry self-reflection and wow, that, that was what was the missing link. And so I'd love to dive even more deeper into your practices. Um, I even have a friend that took, I think the miracle worker program that you offered. Is that mm -hmm. what it's called? Yeah. Who's the friend? And it was really profound. Jasmine Rose. Oh, great. Yeah. Yeah. Miracle makers. Yeah. Yeah. Miracle makers. And you simplify it. And I'm so grateful for that to really allow others to be like, okay, it's not something that a yogi has to go to a cave and experience to have enlightenment it's here and now and it's really just understanding subconscious mind what's happening through the mind and the programming the conditionings we have um so can you really some simplify what it is first of all what is self-inquiry mm -hmm. for people that don't know yeah so inquiry is the means by which we uh, see and experience ourselves uh, clearly or experientially so what does that mean all pain is uh, from our perspective. When I say pain, I mean emotional suffering. So pain is perspective. It, it, my experience is summed up by my thinking and my sensing. 
That's the changeable part of experience, right? What are, what are my thoughts? And then my senses, my feelings, my sight, all of my senses, everything happening, you know, quote, in the body. So when someone is holding onto a thought based in separation, which we translate as the energy of negativity, which is more of a physics term, because if we think of it as something that pulls you apart as like a magnetic force versus brings you together, it's, it's not a moral judgment. It just describes the nature of the energy. So when I believe a thought that is based in the negative polarity or that energy, then experientially, I feel separate from myself. And the myself, notice there, right, there's two. I feel separate from myself. The myself is the only aspect of me that is unchangeable and 100% uh, dependable and infinite and eternal, which is my awareness, the part of me that is aware of my experience. So inquiry says, I'm going to shift from, it, it's the means by which you shift from this separate, finite, suffering self, not even back into, because that part of you never leaves but I'll say back into, to describe an experience, to shift back into ourself that we describe as peaceful, happy, and, and whole. So you do it by either questioning the thoughts themselves that are producing the feelings and hence the behavior that keep you in patterns of disconnection. And you take that thought and you trace it back into yourself or depending on where you're at, you question the identity itself. And I always describe it. It's like going and questioning the identity would be akin to, I'm really sad. Who is the I, you know, who is that I that's like starting on the top of the mountain, going into the thought I'm upset at what, at this, why, because of this, what does that mean about me, this? Okay. Let me question that belief is like starting at the bottom of the mountain and compassionately and gently bringing yourself to the top. Most people in my experience are more ready to be compassionately led to the top because some people, you know, I know for me when I go, you know, I, I feel really sad that, you know, my um, brother did uh, drugs for eight years, you know, and then, and then someone says, well, you know, the, the you that you think you are doesn't exist. So you're fine. It doesn't help. <laughs> so a sign that we're actually embodying the non-dual understanding means we have the capacity and ability to compassionately meet someone where they're at, validate where they're at, and start to question the beliefs, which ultimately lead to a shift in core identity. And that's what people call healing. Mm, wow. And it's like you described like a, a scenario that I had last night where I've been kind of doing this, like create, like just kind of going back into my beliefs and seeing what they are and all these things. And I literally like sat in the bed and was like thinking that someone was robbing me. Like I literally like felt like, oh my gosh, like, like someone's breaking in or I could get shot right now. And like, what yeah, am I, I was thinking in your house. about? You know? I, was in, I was in the closet watching. So. <laughs> And like, but it's crazy how we could really like 
feel it. But like, I kept telling myself in that moment of like, I'm a light being, I'm here to help earth and all of these things. And I shifted that fear so that in today I could feel like this upgraded human, like you're sharing of this, this new belief system that I've now incarnated in this now, you know, of, of mm-hmm. creation. So mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I love that. So good. Becca, do you have anything else that you want to share or add into to this? I'd like to talk about the hot topic of emotions. I see we work with a lot of what we label as light workers and star seeds and empaths. And this is a really sensitive subject for the ego to attach to emotion. Mm-hmm. So can you describe how you define emotions? Mm-hmm. Yeah, really good. So um, I, I don't, I no longer refer to the body as the body. I refer to it as the body mind. It cannot, uh, it, you know, in our experience, they're never independent from each other. So think about um, what it's like to have your awareness totally off. Can either of you recall a time or an experience you had with no awareness of it? really try to think when have I can I describe an experience I'm not aware of well well, no you're not aware of it so the closest thing to an experience that we're not aware of is deep sleep and it's not even an experience in fact it's the absence of experience because our mind is asleep so do we, are we experiencing our body in deep sleep? You know, can someone tell me what their body did last night while they were sleeping? It's like, no, we, we have, we don't even remember falling asleep. We just wake up and go at some point last night, I fell asleep. I don't know. I don't even know how that happened. You know, that's what happens with death as well. You just wake up. Oh, what happened? I don't know. You know, some, somewhere along there, I died. No one experiences the moment of sleep. So why do I say that? Because people say things like, well, you have to heal the body to heal the mind. And now the body and the mind are separate things. You know, this feels very heady to me. It's not in my body, you know, is describing how your body is feeling and you're using your mind to describe your body. And what's in your body is you not feeling in your body. But that doesn't mean it's in your head and not your body. It's impossible. <laughs> it's the same thing. It's two different sides to the same coin. So an emotion is the energy that a thought or belief carries. If you watch experience closely, you can't have an emotion without a thinking mind. You have to have a thinking mind. You have to be defining something. And you might be defining it unconsciously and not even know you are. And that's why sometimes it feels like, oh, I didn't think of anything. This emotion just popped up. But if you look back in experience and reflect, go, well, what did you think about that situation? Oh, well, I was in danger. Now, I might not have remembered going, oh, car's coming, going to hit me. I'm in danger. Oh, there's the emotion. Because we ain't got time for that. You know, we have instincts. It's just happens but it happens cause and effect is thought 
that's, you could say it's like a higher frequency in a sense. And then it comes closer. It feels closer into emotion. Mm. And then typically from emotion, we'll have more thoughts where we form our intention to do something about it. Right. So you can trace back from action, emotion, thought back into really the core belief of who you think you are, what you're believing about yourself and your identity and take it back and question it and ultimately go, you know, return, which again is just a metaphor to your being. But where it's challenging for most people is because emotion is uh, something that is experienced in the body, which again, if we look very closely, it's actually happening in awareness. That's the difference. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's happening. Like we are experiencing it. It's being translated by our body, but that's happening in our awareness. Everything's happening in our awareness. So thoughts and emotions arise in awareness. And I'm just localized awareness that may, seems like it's in its body. But if I had no awareness, I could have no emotions. I could have no body. So we're looking, what, what's it fundamentally happening within? And because my body's always going to change, it, it's more fundamental to say it's happening in awareness. And that's really empowering, right? Because, oh, we go. Um, because now we're not uh, limiting ourselves to my experience happens inside my body. Cause then if I have no body, I'll have no experience. So then we go, man, if my body's gone, I'm gone. And that's where the fear of death and finiteness, all these things. So it's happening in awareness. Awareness can't be born or it can't die. Cause if awareness did die, you wouldn't be aware of that. You see, it's like, how can you prove to me there's an end to awareness? You can't because that doesn't, exist. You can't experience it. Anyway, I digress. The emotion is scary because it keys into survival mechanism. So all of a sudden, boom, fear comes in. And if we're not centered in the understanding of ourselves and inquiry, then we will believe the millions of years of survival wired into the body that says your life's at danger. Don't feel this run away. Now the paradox is what it's actually saying is not you as awareness are going to die. I'm going to die me as this separate self ego saying that I'm this character called you that is made up of a body and thinking and, and doing and emotions. We think that a, a, an accumulation of that is ourselves. So it's saying this separate identity is going to die. That is the perennial fear. So it's not the, our physical death. It's the death of ourself. So what's the paradox is as soon as you surrender to the emotion, which is not a verb, people go just surrender. And then someone sits there and is like, what the hell does that mean? Like now I just feel more powerless. It's like, am I surrendering hard enough? <laughs> So surrender happens when you can't find a reason to hold on. Surrender is in the absence of attachment. So we're only not going to surrender when we find value in holding on. That's the paradox. 
it actually serves us some way in our belief system to hold on to the thinking, the addictions, the identity that creates suffering. And, and it, each person has kind of like what I found is their own different language or ways of identifying why they think they need to hold on so tightly. Well, if I let go, I'll die. That could be one of them. Okay. Well, we can inquire there. Is it true? Can we absolutely know that that's true? And who's the you? We can inquire, well, if I let go of my identity, I'm not going to be loved. You know, there'd be so many reasons. It's really up to the person and their beliefs, their belief system. Um, so the paradox is if you surrender to the emotion, which really just means I can't find a reason to resist this emotion. doesn't mean you have to learn how to feel, to learn how to feel. It's like emotions are felt. I'm not the one doing it. That is their nature. I can resist it and be in suffering, or I can allow it and be at peace. You know, people pay to go to movie theaters and go, I'm going to sit here in this movie theater and cry so good. You know, it's safe. I'm here. I want to, I specifically chose this sad movie because I'm so excited to feel this sadness. And uh, because the context I'm safe, I'm in a theater. It's socially acceptable. They just let it happen. There's no resistance. And what does emoting feel like in the absence of resistance? Relief. It's like, oh, wow, that felt good. So then you change the context. I'm in my relationship at home. If I'm vulnerable, they'll hate me and disown me. Now, all of a sudden, it's this painful experience. So if you can question why resisting the emotion seems to make sense to you, and you start to see that there is no valid reason that would bring to you peace uh, in terms of why you should resist an emotion, when you see that that doesn't make any sense, then you'll just feel what is. It'll just, okay, this is here. And your presence, your attention will be fully on it because you'll be fully in the moment. You won't be in a fear of a future. You won't be in a guilt or shame of the past. You'll just be here in the moment. Well, what happens when we're here in the moment with an emotion? We, we unify with it. It just becomes, it gets so close to us. Paradoxically, it disappears. It transforms, it transmutes. So I think we make it very complicated sometimes to go, well, I need to learn how to surrender. I need to learn how to let go. No, no, no. Turn it around. I need to learn why I'm holding on. I need to learn why it makes sense for me to hold on to this. What I'm afraid will happen if I do let go. And after you investigate these things, boom, I know I, I feel the emotion. It comes out of me like a reflex. And then inquiry is more appropriate actually. I mean, you might need to inquire as to why you're not feeling the emotion, but once you feel an emotion and you really like, let that go, you get access. My experience is you get access to more of yourself. It's like you just popped above the clouds and you could see a little more clearly and you start getting insights and answers. So I hope that answered the question. Yeah. Wow. I just want to take a moment for you, Brandon. Wow. That's really powerful. What you just shared, like, Ooh, that feels good in my mind, body combo. 
<laughs> I, I'm even taking notes. I'm like, wow, I gotta like, everyone should be having their pen and paper out for sure. Cause this is some good downloads. Amazing. Amazing. So before we wrap up, um, Becca, do you have anything else that you want to share or add on to with this? Yeah. What's the 13? 13. I'll give you the short of the long. So the 13 is, is my experience in a sense and, and understanding as well as my teams, because it's been a, over the years, it's just taken a, a form of its own of, you know, chapter one, because it is a book that will be released probably in February. Um, but it's also a course and a retreat. Chapter one is the invitation directly into experiencing your own being into experiencing that the I am presence that is the source of everything we seek. Peace, presence, happiness, stability, safety. You know, I had this experience a couple, this was only a few months ago where I was laying in bed and my partner Ashley was asleep. And I just said, man, I'm tired. And then, and then my mind went, who's the I? And I, you know, I love Rupert Spira. He says that self-abidance and meditation are really the same thing. And meditation isn't something you do. It's something that you are. It's, mm -hmm. it's abiding with yourself, which you're technically always doing, but sometimes you cover it up and veil it up with thoughts and beliefs and emotions and the, the content of our experience, the ever-changing content. But the context never changes, right? The, the I that is always there. Everything's always happening to this thing I call a me. So I'm sitting there and I just have a very innocent, curious, who's that I? And I'm sitting there. And from the depth of my being, kind of in my solar plexus, I feel this emerging energy. And I start feeling so like giddy and laughing. I just start laughing. But Ashley's asleep. And then I have this thought, if I just start busting up laughing at 1130 at night, she is going to freak out, <laughs> you know, imagine. <laughs> so it made me laugh even harder, but I'm kind of holding it in. Now I'm sitting there and I'm just vibrating. You know, it's like when you're in class and middle school and you're like with your best friend and you guys are, you can't hold it back, you know, and I'm just vibrating for like 10 minutes. And in that moment, I experienced how my own being was a source of, of causeless joy. I didn't do anything. Nothing needed to happen. There had, there was nothing in my experience that changed and this joy emerged. And it, it, it gave me this other level of conviction of, of, wow, that simple experience of me turning towards myself in a sense, anyone can access and that's chapter one of the book. Like that's where we have to start. Then the next 12 is taking that energy that you can call love or peace or happiness and realigning and transforming every major area of your life. So the first pillar or the first principle or relationship, which is really what it is, is your relationship to God and or your relationship to yourself, which are with the understanding really the same thing. 
And then you take that and it's going into how you relate to physical reality itself, how you relate to fear and addiction and trauma, how you relate to others, how you relate to the concept of abundance, how you relate to the concepts of truth and morality and knowledge, how you relate to time and space. So we take the understanding and then we go through this rearranging process of of the 12 major areas of our life, well, 13 technically. And that's, that's really what the 13 is. So you're just, we're just, again, taking inquiry and this understanding back into the world to transform it in a way that is aligned with our inspiration, excitement, and passion. And that's why we call it integrated inquiry, because it's not, all right, I'm going to inquire and run away from the world. It's I'm going to inquire and then integrate back into the world, you know, be in the world and not of it. Mm. Wow. That yes. is <laughs> beautiful journey. Thank you for allowing that to be created through you. Yeah. Thank it's you. The unfolding of what souls are calling. It's like, well, how do I actually embody this to live this life? Like, when you merge, you have that bridge, the gap between the two. It's like this information now I'm in self inquiry, but like, how do I human? Well, right. There you go. Right. Beautiful. Is there anything that you'd like to share that we have not asked about that's on your heart presently? Nothing's coming to mind. Well, I, I just want to ask, like, where can everyone find you so that when your book comes out and all these things are happening, like, where is the space that you will be sharing that with the world? Yeah. And I'll mention one more thing about the book. The book is, is going to be a, a interactive, immersive experience. So mm-hmm. there's a whole video series that comes with it. And there's a series of 13 uh, guided contemplations that lead you back into yourself, back into yourself. It's like taking every area of our life and being guided into yourself. And then anything that's out of whack here and guided. And so, and then there'll be a series of breath work that goes with it as well by one of my good friends, uh, Lance, and um, even some music that my good friend, Jaden, is an amazing conscious artist. And he's put a lot of these teachings into music, which, you know, is a great way of us people being receptive and open. And so it's going to be a whole immersive experience with an online component and a community to share and whatnot. So I just want to share that because I'm really excited about that. And um, yeah, my website is brandonbozarth.com. My Instagram is just brandon.bozarth. And I'd say, my Instagram is where I'm most active and brandonbozarth.com uh, has links to the majority of everything, um, my, the different shows that I'm doing on different platforms. And you'll find more of those resources in my bio link on Instagram as well. Mm, ah, that's so, so amazing. And so I feel like how I want to close today is all three of us to do an um together to just kind of like unify 
what you shared within us, within others that are watching this to kind of really continue to bring this forth within ourselves and, and to see it more fully within our, our world. So yeah. I'll, yeah. And I'll jump in and invite for all of you guys listening to do this um, no matter where you are. If you're in work in your office or in the middle of a meeting, oh, I mean, maybe you're not listening to a podcast or a meeting, but it's possible to do it. This is part of the journey of the mind. Who cares if you look weird? So yes, let's do it. So it's uh, us, Sarah. Yeah. So we'll just take one big breath together and then we'll sigh it out with an alm. All right. So closing your eyes and let's begin. Inhaling. Oh. in me honors the light in you mm. namaste thank you brandon thank, thank you, you becca yeah thank you guys for having me this was really really fun for sure